The following sermon was preached at Tower View Baptist Church. We are a gospel-centered, relationship-driven church that exists to know, grow in, share, and serve Jesus Christ. We do all this for the glory of God. For more about us, please check out our website at www.towerviewkc.com. Well, good morning, Tower View. Good morning, anybody who is watching and observing this morning. I know we're just starting, so nobody's listening just exactly yet. Or if you get the recording later, you're listening just fine. I'm Pastor Nelson, Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. Associate Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. If you want to find more out about us, you can uh, check us online at uh, TowerViewKC.com. You can check out our Facebook page, Tower View Baptist Church. The one in Kansas City, Missouri. Not the Tower View in Illinois. I'm sure they're a fine church. They're just not us. You can call. You can text our line, 816-368-1330. This morning we are continuing our lesson through the book of Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter 4 this morning. And as we, as we go through this, I'm going to start with a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you. We praise you for all that you do. You are a mighty God. Help us to be your servants in all that we do. Help us as we study your word this morning. We just pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, anyway, yes, I'm wearing headphones today. Um, the reason I'm wearing headphones is because I want to hear all the sounds that is happening in the background as I'm talking. Um, if I do that, that's coming out on the microphone, and I don't always know that. So that's why I'm doing that this morning. But we're in Proverbs chapter 4, and in the lesson plan we start in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 11. But as you look at chapters, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, we notice in verse 1 it says, Listen, sons to a father's discipline. In verse 10, listen, my son, accept my words. Verse 20, my son, pay attention to my words. And if you go back through chapter 3, you see he makes that admonition multiple times. My son, don't forget. My son, if you accept my words. Um, and the other, they, they, we put the chapter divisions at the beginning where he said my son. In chapter 4, we don't do that because he does it like three times here in this chapter. Chapter 5 begins with my son. So whenever we see him say, my son, it's kind of like, okay, here's a new um, little thought that he has, a new, a new teaching that he has. So it's kind of like the next lesson. And so we're, we're going to look at this two, so he does this three times in chapter four, and we're going to look at the second and third time that he does this. In, in chapter four, verse 10, he says, listen, my son, accept my words, and you will live many years. The implication is, if you don't listen to my words, you won't live many years. So that's what we're looking at today. Let's see. Yeah. Is you know what are these words that he's teaching? And this these aren't new, but this is the same type of admonition he's had so far through the book of Proverbs. Listen, you're gonna if you want to live well, if you want to live a long life, you need to listen. And as I read the words today, 
in here. In verse 11 it says, I am teaching you the way of wisdom. I am guiding you on straight paths. And he said talking about straight paths. That makes me think all the way back to uh, Psalm number 1. Psalm 1. I'm going to read the first two verses of Psalm 1. It says this, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates on it day and night. And so as we go through this, you know, it's a, it's a sense it's a repeat of Psalm 1. In a sense, it's an amplification of Psalm 1. And so it talks about the paths, the choices that we make in life. As we read through Psalms or Proverbs 4, it's, it's kind of explaining more of what is in Psalm 1. So in Psalm 1, it talks about, you know, that, you know, where do you walk? Where do you stand? Where do you sit? Where do you walk? What paths do you walk on in life? What choices do you make? And then you make a choice and you, and you stop and you stand and you listen to somebody. Who are you listening to? And then after you stand and listen, you sit down and you listen more and you talk more and you discuss and you fellowship with that. Who are you fellowshipping with? And that's the choices we're talking about. Instead, you know, in, in, in verse 1, it says, are you doing it with the wicked, with the sinners and the mockers? In verse 2, it says, you know, no. You, you should be doing it with the Lord's instruction. God's instruction, that's, that's scripture. When, when the Pro psalmist wrote, when the proverb, the, uh, King Solomon wrote the Proverbs, the Bible was much shorter. Um, it probably didn't have anything beyond maybe 1 Samuel when, when King Solomon was writing. Uh, Psalm 1, if it was written by David, he didn't even have that yet. So you just think of the Bible up through the book of Judges and maybe Job. And that would have been it. And maybe some of the Psalms. And so as we look at Proverbs, to think about the choices that we make. And he uses poetry. Remember, this is a poetic book. So he uses poetry to describe the choices that we make and how we make and what that looks like. And in verse 11, we see that the first poetic thing he says uh, is, I'm teaching you the way of wisdom. I am guiding you on straight paths. <coughs> Excuse me. Straight paths. We don't think about the word path too much anymore because we have so many roads that we drive on. A path is something that you walk. But remember, in, in, in their time period, everybody walked. Everybody walked. The only people who didn't walk that had horses or camels or could be carried on a, a carriage or something were the ultra-wealthy. The ultra-wealthy. The poor people, the, 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 the middle-class people, even the only so, sort of rich, didn't get those types of things. Everybody walked including pregnant women. So when we think of, of, of Mary and Joseph, we always have the picture of her riding a donkey. But they were poor people. They're, they couldn't afford a donkey. She probably walked, even though she was eight months pregnant. And so everybody walked. And so who is guiding your path? Sometimes paths are well-labeled. You can see them easily. They're worn out. You can see where the path is and where the path isn't. 
Other times you go through a path and you're, you're like struggling to go, okay, which way does it go? It's, it's not well marked. It's not well traveled. And it's hard to tell which way the path goes. Does it go left or go right? Does, does it go up? Does it go down? And so that's the question that we have. And so that's what we have to figure out. What, you know, and, and King Solomon said, hey, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you find the straight paths. The straight paths are the easier paths. If you ever taken, you know, you take some of, the, you go outside of Kansas City and you take the highways that are marked with a letter or a double letter, you know those aren't straight paths. Especially you go down in the Ozark area, they're, they are the crooked roads. They're going up and down, left and right. And you can't drive fast on those. You've got to go slow. The straight paths, that's the interstates, that's the big four lane highways, those are the straight paths. And he said, I'm trying to help you get on the straight path, the easy path, the path with the less, least amount of problems. That's what I want you to do. That's his motivation. Verse 12. When you walk, <clears throat> when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instructions. Don't let go. Guard it, for it is your life. In verse 12, when you look at the traveling metaphors again when you walk your steps when you run when you stumble okay when you walk your steps will not be hindered and so what hinders your steps well sometimes you know obstacles in the road a tree that fell across the path a pothole you know a gully that's been created from a from a gush you know rain water rushing through those are things that hinder your path. When you run, you will not stumble. Think about runners and the races. Where, they, where do they run their races? They run them on, on flat roads. You know, it's, it's a big deal when there's a, you know, you know cross-country races in high school are way different than track and field. Because cross-country races, they, they're literally running cross-country. They're going through the woods. They're going over hills and paths and uneven roads and, and, and there could be obstacles in the road and mud puddles but you don't there's no world records in cross-country you don't get the fastest mile when you're running cross-country they do that on flat tracks with limited access nobody else can be on the track and so he's trying to help you find those paths that you won't be hindered you find those paths where you can run and you, you don't have to stumble why? How do you do that? In verse 13, you hold on to instructions. You don't let go. There's that couple again. Hold on, don't let go. Guard it. So you got hold on, don't let go, guard it. Why? It's your life. It's your life. In, in the lesson book, it, um, it says, you know, the Bible is too often... That the Bible is too often just gathers dust as they sit idly on our tables, our nightstands, and shelves. That's instruction. Hold on to instructions. How can you hold on to something you haven't read? How can you hold on to something you haven't listened to? So whether you read the Bible, whether you read it in printed form, if you read it electronic edition, if you listen... So books on tape, yeah, if you listen to cassette tapes, yes, 
books on CD, a lot of the apps. If you you can also there's a, a option that you can listen to it and it will read it to you, or you have somebody read it to you. But listen to God's word, not just Sunday school lessons. I mean that's a piece of it to help you learn how to start interpreting it for yourself. Sermons that's a piece of it, so you learn how to apply it to life. And you can, but another part purpose of Sunday school lessons and sermons is for fellowship, to get together with one another, which is why this is so hard right now. I'm sitting here doing a Sunday school lesson, it's supposed to be a room full of people here so we can talk and discuss, and you can ask questions, and I can answer them, but we're not doing that right now. So, those are the types of things that we're looking at. And so that's part of what it is. But part of it is you need to read it for yourself. Will you understand it all? No, that's okay. Then you can ask questions. That's why I'm here. You can you can email me. You can you can call me. You can text me. Um, go to our website for all that contact information. And Pastor Darren, same thing. You can call us. You can write us. You email. It. Ask us those questions as you're reading scripture. Pastor, what does this mean? Why does he say this? This doesn't make any sense. Many times in Scripture, you, I, I explain Scripture. I explain Scripture with other Scripture, the concept that comes about, and that's and that's what I'm doing here. I go back to Pro, the Psalms one. Well, how can I do that? Well, because I've read Psalms one before, and I, that comes to mind when I read this. That reminds me of that verse there. As you read through the New Testament, many times it quotes the Old Testament, and then. And, 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 and as you read the Old Testament, you can say, oh, wait a minute, I, this is a prophecy. Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. And, and it opens your eyes. But you can't get that until you start reading it for yourself. So hold on to the instructions. Don't let go. Guard it with your life. Think about the things that we guard. My wife gets mad when we're at the buffet and everybody gets up to the table to go get more food and leaves her purse at the table. Why? Because that's something important and valuable. We need to guard it so somebody doesn't steal it. I don't leave my wallet just sitting on a table. There are things that we guard that are protected, that we we, uh, we shield, that we, we are, that are valuable. And part of it is God's instructions. It's valuable. And if it's valuable, that means it's something that we need to hold on to. And not just hold on to the, the, the physical pages, and make sure it's safe and secure at home, but it's got to be opened and used and read and learned. And ask questions. I tell my youth in the Sunday school class, there are no questions that are out of bounds. If you are truly searching for God, there is no question that's out of bounds. Some questions I can answer quickly and easy, and other questions I'll have to say, I don't know. I have to go research that. I don't know the answer to that. Sometimes it's, I don't know. God hasn't revealed that to us. But that doesn't mean the question's invalid. Continuing on in verse uh, 14 and 15. Keep off the path of the wicked. Don't proceed on the way of evil ones. Avoid it. Don't travel it. Turn away from it. Pass by it. So first he says, keep off. Don't proceed. Avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn away from it. Pass it by. I think he's trying to get a point here. 
But six times in these two verses, he says a negative. What are we supposed to avoid? The path of the wicked. The way of the evil ones. Okay? Stay away from it at all costs. It will cause you problems. It will cause you heartache. It will keep you away from God. You will have more trouble. So we need to stay away from it. Well, how do we stay away from it? What are some of the hallmarks of the way of the wicked, the path of the wicked? In verse 16 and 17. For they can't sleep unless they have done what is evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they take someone unless they make someone stumble. They eat the bread of the wickedness and drink the wine of violence. So in verse 14 and 15, if you just stop there and you go, well, what is this path of the wicked? I don't understand. You got to keep reading. And it says exactly what it is in 16 and 17. The path of the wicked, they can't sleep unless they're causing problems and making a heartache for other people. They, they can't sleep unless they've done something that's evil. They can't sleep unless they've caused somebody else to stumble. And then he uses it in a different metaphor. So now we get to sleep and stumble, you know, but then he uses another metaphor of eating and drinking. They eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. That's what they feed their soul with. And I think, is it, how do we feed our souls? Right now, if you're watching this, you're feeding your soul, I pray, godly things. I pray that what I'm speaking is godliness. And so you were feeding yourself some godly food, some wholesome food. But think about what we watch on TV. What movies do we watch? Whether we go to the theater when they open again, or what you watch on DVD or Blu-ray, what you watch on the internet, or streaming services. What are you watching? What TV shows you? What books do you read? What internet videos do you click on? Those are all other ways that we feed our soul. And I've come to think of, of um, as, as, we, um, as we think about all the entertainment choices that we have and how we feed our souls, you know, some of it is godly and wholesome. Okay. There are a few Christian shows and movies out there, but not very many. You can listen and listen to sermons and Sunday school lessons like this. That's godly, wholesome food. But there's frankly, there's some stuff out there that's just kind of like, um, you know, the other stuff is junk food. You know, they, they taste good, but they're not good for you. There's a lot of sitcoms that are that way. You know, most of their humor is what? It's ridiculing people, putting people down, and sex jokes. How many TV shows, that's their, that's their MO. Just ridicule people and sex jokes. That's junk food. That'll, that'll tear you up. It might be funny, but it's not good for you. No nutrition there. There's some stuff out there that's just downright poison. It's just, you know, you think of pornography. You think, you think of other movies that are just, there's just no wholesomeness in it. It's just downright poison. It teaches you the wrong thing. Some of these movies that have been made by people that, you know, Jesus is gay. Jesus is, somebody's talking about making a movie where Jesus is a, is a woman. It's like, 
you know, that's just poison. Then there's some stuff out there that's just like, you know, just bland. It's just like a rice cake, unflavored rice cake, unflavored tofu. It's just there. And and so so we got to, you know, where is when you what the things that you watch, the things that you listen to, what podcasts you listen to, what radio station do you listen to? Are they just fluff and tofu? Are they junk food? Or rot your arteries? Or are they poison? Or are they godliness? And in verse 17, he's saying, the way of the wicked, their, their words are poison. And remember, God's judgment and God's choice and what God deems poison is probably a much... Uh, well, a lot of stuff that we might consider just junk or, or just neutral, God may consider poison. I don't know. He doesn't. There's, there's nothing in Scripture that says, okay, here, here's the list of TV shows that are good and here's the ones that aren't. It's not there. But he gives us principles to live by that you can judge, use to judge things. So don't eat the bread of the wickedness or drink the wine of violence. Because that leads to the path of the wicked. If you're eating their stuff, you're sitting down with them. Like it says in Psalms 1, you're sitting down with them. Verses 18 and 19, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, shining brighter and brighter until midday. But the way of the wicked is like the darkness, darkest gloom. They don't know what makes them stumble. <clears throat> And so here it contrasts the path of the righteous and the path of the wicked. And if you're righteous, you have light. You can see, you have the light of God guiding you. You have the light of Scripture guiding you. And it's bright like the noonday sun. And you can see. But if you're not following God, if you're not reading Scripture, you're in darkness the way of the wicked is like the gloom, darkest gloom. It's like going out and doing things, you know, driving at nighttime without your headlights on. Especially out in the country where there are no uh, street lights. It's hard to see where you're going, even with headlights. It's easy to drive faster than your headlights. You can, you, something jumps out in the road, you can't stop in time. And that's the wickedness of this world you can't see anything nothing is illuminated there are things that are hiding in the side of the road that you can't see because of the darkness but if you walk in the daylight you can see around you can see far away you can see things coming from a distance in in, in ways that you can't and in the darkness and so we need to find the light the light is the scripture. The light is the salvation of God. Redemption through what Jesus Christ did. That is the light. And that's what we need to live by. And that's what he's talking about. You need to find the light. So he's not telling you what exactly the light is. But we know from Proverbs chapter 1. That fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And that's what he's talking about. That is the light that we need to do. Hold, verse 13, hold on to instructions. Don't let go. What instructions? The instructions that are in Scripture. That's what you need to hold on to. 
Verse 20, my son. So he gets, there's the beginning of another section. My son, pay attention to my words. Listen closely to my saying. Don't lose sight of them. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Guard your heart above all else, for it is the source of life. That sounds a lot like verse 13. Guard your, life, guard your heart above all else, for it is life. And so he's saying, my son, and he gives you the reasons why. Look, pay attention to my words. Why should, I pay, why should I pay attention to your words? He says, pay attention. He says to listen. Why? He says, don't lose sight of them. Keep, keep them within your heart. And again, he doesn't tell you why. He says, just don't do it. Just, just keep listening to these instructions. Verse 22. For they, and then he gets to the why. For they are life to those who find them and health to one's body. That's why you need to listen. There you are your source of life. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do others say I am? Why don't you go follow them? And Peter said, you are the source of life. You're, you're, you're the only one. And so this is the source of life. And some of you who came to Christ as an adult, you understand this desperately because you, you lived your life at one time not having this as your source. And you understand the misery and the, and the emptiness that it is. And that this is your only source of life. And so you need to read it. You need to study it. You need to listen to it. Is your source of is it your source of eternal salvation? Is it, if you read scripture, does it magically save you? No. But you read scripture, you find the path to salvation. You find the path to salvation. You read the gospels and you find the path to salvation. That Jesus said, "Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." And it says in Acts, it says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. And it says in Romans, you know, to call out to God. And so that's what we need to do. We need to have faith. We need to call out to God. We need to believe. That is the source of life. But you believe in what? You've got to believe in what you read. You've got to put your faith in what you read here. Don't just trust me. You need to read it for yourself and challenge me on it. Nelson, what did you mean when you said this when, as you read that? Challenge me on it. It says in Acts that the Bereans were considered noble because they read the scripture that Paul was preaching and they asked Paul questions about it. And they challenged Paul on what he read in a good way. They said, I don't, we don't understand. And, and, and so they read it and, and to try to understand it better. And it said they were noble. So guard your heart. So this, what we're reading is life. It's health. It says, you know, that to listen. Don't lose sight. So listen with your ears. Look with your eyes. To keep these things in your heart. Verse 24. Don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. And don't let your lips talk deviously. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path of, for your feet and all your ways be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. So here, he kind of, in some ways, metaphorically says what we need to do 
to stay on the path, to keep following God. Stay on the path that is brightly lit, the path that is straight, as he described it. Excuse me. Here's what you do, verses 24 to 27. He says, don't let your mouth speak dishonestly. Speak truth. Don't let your lips talk deviously. Okay, deviously. You can speak truth and still be devious. You cannot utter a lie and still be devious. You can, uh, you can be devious by not uttering the truth and not speaking up. There are many ways to be devious. Verse 25, let your eyes. So first he talked about his, your mouth, your lips. We talked about it a few weeks ago in, in, in James. We went through the book of James. Verse 25, your eyes. What should your eyes be doing? Your eyes should be looking forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Look where you're going. You got to see the potholes in the road that Satan throws at us. So you got to be, you know, my, my habit is when I'm walking, I just look straight down. Well, that's okay if, you know, if there's a, something within it, but if I'm walking too fast, that still doesn't help. I can walk into something. I can hit a branch that's too low because I'm not looking around. I'm not seeing what's coming from the left and right if something's moving out there. So you can't just look down at your feet. But in the same way, if I'm just looking straight up as I'm walking, I can't see the potholes in the road. Okay? But you got to look ahead. And when you're looking ahead, your peripheral vision will see what's to the left and right. The light of God that we're following will light our way. And you can see the obstacles that are in the road, whether it's a pothole or a rock or a tree down, you can see those things. You got to keep your eyes ahead. What does Satan want us to do? He wants us to look backwards, like Lot's wife. She looked backwards in the book of Genesis and turned into a pillar of salt because she was looking back at the life that she was leaving and she missed it. And God says, No, look ahead. Keep your eyes on what's going ahead. Satan wants us to look back and remind us how awful we are, all the ways we've screwed up in our life, and says, see, you're a good-for-nothing bleepity-bleep, and kicks us when we're down. Jesus wants to pick us up and look up ahead and see, look where you're going, look what you can become. That's keeping your eyes ahead. Doesn't negate what we did in the past, Still have to face those repercussions. But that's not our focus anymore. We learn from it. We turn away from it. But we're looking up ahead. This is where we're going. And so that's why we've got to keep our eyes straight ahead. And if you're looking to the left and to the right too much, you're not walking straight. You tend to walk to the way you're looking. Same with your driving. Same with whether you're driving a car or a bicycle. I go out back for bike rides. And if I'm looking off, I tend to lean that way and you turn that way. And so you've got to keep your eyes ahead so you can keep going straight. And you don't veer off. Verse 26, carefully consider the path for your feet. And all your ways will be established. That's part of looking ahead so you can see where your feet are going. You can, you can walk around the obstacles that life provides for us. And there will always be obstacles. You're never going to live an obstacle-free life in this world. And so you got to keep your eyes up and looking for them. 
finding the right path, avoiding the, the pitfalls of life. Verse 27, don't turn to the left or to the right. Keep your feet away from evil. you got to stay on the path. Keep pointing to God. Because you get off the path, you know, one side there might be a cliff on the other cliff that's going up. The other side is a drop-off. Or it's mud that you're going to get stuck in. And so you got to stay on the path. But you got to keep your eyes open. you got to keep looking. And then this poetic language, when you keep your eyes open, you're keeping them on God. Remember, this is a poetic book. He's, he's making life poetry. And so this, this is all metaphor, analogy, however you want to describe it. But it's saying, God, you've got to keep your eyes on God. You've got to be eating godly food. You've got to keep your eyes pointed to God. You've got to keep your feet pointed towards God. That is the way of wisdom. That is the way of God's knowledge. That is the way of salvation. It's not that if you do this, you'll be saved. You're doing it because you are saved. Because I am saved, I need to go this way so I don't stumble and fall. So I persevere. So I endure to the end. And the end is however long we live. Whether you live to be 100 or today is the last day on earth for you. That is the end. And we don't, we don't know that day. Most of us don't. Um, and so we need to follow God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our mind. Keeping our eyes on Him. Finding His instructions to feed our soul. Through Scripture. Through godly preaching. Through godly teaching. Through godly fellowship. Who do you ask advice from when life is troublesome? Do you ask advice and seek wisdom from godly people or from worldly people? Just because you work with them, just because they're blood relatives, doesn't mean that's the person you need to go to for godly advice. And so all that matters. And so you need to find godly people to point to, to get direction from. As you read scriptures for yourself, as you listen to sermons and Sunday school lessons, as you read godly books and listen to godly shows, you need to find those godly people that you can just commiserate with sometimes, to get godly counsel from. Whether it's um, counseling for a problem that you have, going to a therapist or a counselor, or just you know, just somebody you need to talk to about life's troubles for today. You don't always need to go to therapy. Sometimes you do. But sometimes you just need, you know, you just need to bounce ideas off what, what you're going to do with life. When you're young, it's about careers and jobs and colleges. As you get older, it's about family. As you get older, it's about retirement choices. But they all need to, you need godly. The Bible doesn't always say exactly what you need to do. Do you work at company A or company B? They need godly people at company A and at company B. They need godly people in this neighborhood and that neighborhood. And in this city and that city, you need godly people. And you can serve God in any city. If God has a plan for you, you'll know it beyond a shadow of a doubt.
And so we need to carefully consider our ways, though. We still need to do things to, to follow God no matter what. So I thank you for watching. I thank you for listening to this. Once again, I'm uh, Pastor Nelson, Associate Power, Pastor at Tower View Baptist Church. Let's have a, a word of prayer. Lord God, we just thank you and praise you for your words that you put forth for us today. Help us to continue to study your words whether it's the book of Proverbs as we go through this Sunday school lesson, whether it's the Psalms, whether we're reading the Gospels or the letters written by Paul in the New Testament or others in the New Testament, the letter of James, whether we're reading about Old Testament prophets and the things that they talked about and spoke about. Help us just to read your word. Put it into our hearts. Put it into our minds. Put it into our lives that we can see the paths that you have illuminated for us. That we can walk the way that you have put out for us, Lord. That we can avoid the obstacles of life. The sin snares that Satan puts out for us. Help us to seek godly counsel in all that we do. And we just pray all these things in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Like I said, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. If you want to find out more about us, check out our website at towerviewkc.com. You can check out our Facebook page at Tower View Baptist Church. Um, we have drive-in church right now. Uh, you can come and listen. Come in your car, turn to 91.9 in our parking lot, and listen to, to our songs and, and our service from there at Tower View Baptist Church here in Kansas City, Missouri by the World... Everybody in Kansas City knows where church is. It's by the World's a Fun Water Tower, right next to the interstate. And so you can find us. We have services at 1030 this morning on Sunday mornings. Uh, you can find our services. The, the sermon will be online later this morning. The songs will be online later this morning on our website and on our Facebook page, also on YouTube. So those are all places where you can find our sermons, if you go to our website or, tower, or uh, you know, you can find past sermons and past Sunday school lessons. And so encourage you to, you know, feed your mind that way. So I just want to say thanks to everybody that's watching and listening this morning. Um, I see Shirley has been, uh, good morning to Shirley, to Judy, uh, to Tori. So uh, Linda Davis, and y'all, I thank you for uh, watching and commenting. Um, I'm not really good at following the comments sometimes when I'm teaching. And I don't have a lot of other feedback to see who's watching. Um, so I just thank you for, for all that. And I pray that you have a great morning. pray I get to see you this morning, even as if it's just from the car and I'm just waving from a distance um, at church this morning. So thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. God, God bless you and uh, have a great day.